The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Freddie Gray, our deputy editor, and James Hill. Now, Joe Biden is in town. He's met with the Prime Minister this morning, the fifth time in five months. Freddie, I'm going to ask you a question, which I know you're going to roll your eyes at in advance. Does this mean the special relationship is really special? It's rock solid again. The special relationship is back with a bang. Uh, did it ever really go away? The answer is no. No, in all seriousness, I think the, 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 the PR line for this morning is supposed to be that uh, Biden has said uh, it's rock solid and that Rishi and him are actually have a perfectly good relationship and Britain and America are getting on as well as possible. It's just all the visits um, have to be very short. But, and it's all very short and all a bit stayed. And uh, he's now done his walk, uh, the guard of honour with the king, in which he did look, I'm afraid to say, I always talk about Joe Biden's dodderiness, but he did look quite doddery. And I did think back to when Donald Trump did the God Warner with the Queen and Trump sort of got it all a bit wrong, went ahead of her, then behind her, you know, everybody went completely bananas at that. And I thought Biden was not exactly compass mentors for, for this God of Honor. And, you know, people sniggering about it a bit on Twitter, but it's not a, it's not a major, major news story in the way it was with Trump. So it's another one of those things that Republicans always go, well, if that had been Donald Trump. We'll be seeing something quite different. James, now, as rock solid as Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden's relationship, there has been a disagreement in recent uh, weeks over cluster bombs. And of course, this meeting was ahead of the NATO summit. Can you tell us more? Yeah, sure. So obviously, number 10 and you know the White House as well want to put a you know a great spin on this visit today, all motherhood and apple pie, you know, the classic photo shoots, etc. Rishi Sunak looking prime ministerial, and who can blame him at a time when he really needs some wins? He looks good on the diplomatic stage, uh, and so they're very happy with how it's gone thus far. Um, but I do think, yeah, but as before that Joe Biden took off and came here today, they did do a short interview in which he confirmed America's support for cluster weapons. Now, unlike the US, Britain has signed up to an international convention to ban that those bombs, and we're actually currently holding the presidency of the movement to uh, try and ban them. But it was interesting what Rishi Sunak's spokesman said. So they said the two men had discussed the requirements the Prime Minister is under because of this convention and the UK is upholding that. So very real, you know, mild language to describe what is, you know, disagreement between the two. Um, but before, you know, he met today, Rishi Sunak was using words such as discouraged rather than things like condemn. So I think that although there's a disagreement here, it's not really one of great substance because you know frankly the russians using uh, these weapons as well britain wants to be seen as you know four square behind ukraine so i think that although you know it's it's solid the relationship between sunak and biden it, it's not as sort of you know rock solid as some of the great relations of the past like thatcher and reagan blair and bush yes i did think it was rather odd that biden has found it and the white house indeed white house spokesmen have found themselves on the side of cluster bombs in this discussion uh, and i think this is something that they'll probably iron out with statements in the next few days to make it clear that nobody's really on the side of using cluster bombs even though america does seem to think it's necessary 
Now, there were some areas of agreement when it comes to the, the bilat statement. So work on the critical minerals agreement, also the AI summit, which we know Rishi is trying to use as a way to get um, US approval yeah. and also work with what uh, America is doing on artificial intelligence. But I suppose one, one of the signs that perhaps the relationship is not as rosy as it could be comes to the NATO Secretary General. And Freddie, we had, you know, a month or so ago, there was lots of talks about Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary. Yeah. Rishi Sunak raised it when he was in Washington, but it turns out Biden did not give approval. Do, Biden do, did not. And I don't know if you read this brilliant steer pike that we do at The Spectator. I have come across you steer pike. You have come across it. You've heard it. Because uh, you guys did a tremend- had a tremendous scoop with it uh, early on, which was that uh, Jill Biden was apparently involved in the blocking of Ben Wallace. It's been very obvious that uh, the Bidens were against Ben Wallace as Secretary General of NATO. They wanted a woman, and they've gone with Ursula von der Leyen, by all accounts. There's clearly some resentment within the government about this, and this is another point of friction. But again, visits are designed to be bland and boring, so today we'll have a lot of grand empty words about climate change and AI and so on. And I think that really the difficulties in finding a successor of Ian Stoltenberg have been demonstrated by the fact that he's now had to extend his term until October next year because all the candidates that have been sent over to Washington have just not measured up. So the Danish Prime Minister was a candidate, Callas uh, of Estonia was in the running, but it appears that one way or another that for whatever reason there's all these European factors at play for instance I think there's a sense among some in France and Germany that they don't want post-Brexit Britain to get this plum diplomatic job in the post-Brexit era and so yeah Ben Wallace who was one of the few candidates perhaps the only candidate who was not a head of government um, one of the names in the running you know being only defence secretary has now been ruled out I think there's some disappointment there but yeah as Freddie says today is all about putting on a sort of bright big happy smile and uh, playing up all and the it, unity very, so I'll just interrupt it's, it's a very odd process though isn't it because it, there mm. is no formal process no it's history. it's sort of like the tory party pre-1965 the, the leader just emerges this kind of magic circle yes basically you should there are 31 members of nato now uh, and they always have to have unanimous kind of consent from all those members effectively what actually happens is that the americans have a veto on it because america bankrolls nato america typically provides the military head of nato and a european nation provides the political head of nato but actually america does both well it yes. seems yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean basically you have to be with the Americans, I'd say. And James, I suppose on the more general future of Ben Wallace, it's now quite a strange situation the Defence Secretary finds him in, isn't it? Because you have Ben Wallace not in line for the NATO job, and so that's something to change, but I think very much the sense in the government is it's not happening. Yet he's losing his seat in the Boundary Commission review. So he could go for a seat as one of those MPCs that you, you have a right to seek a different seat, but he's yet to comment. And then there's some talk even that he could be moved ahead of the next election. Do, do you think uh, Ben Wallace is going to stay in place? Or? It was really interesting, actually. When uh, the government was formed by Rishi Sunak in October, there were some suggestions that Ben Wallace, who made some pretty critical comments of Rishi Sunak in the earlier July summer leadership race, could be moved out of defence, not least because of the flawed institutional relationship between the Ministry of Defence and the Treasury. So a big spending department versus you know the keys to the government piggy bank so i think it's always been interesting you know there's been a bit of tensions there with the spending review which we saw earlier this year and obviously defense is one of the plum jobs in terms of ben wallace's own position certainly as an mp you know he's top of the conservative home rankings has held that position now for more than a year i'm sure if he wanted there are very few plum tory seats about he could certainly get one the question is about time and uh, you know how few safe seats are there going to be given that the tories are 20 points behind of the polls Do you think it'd be a loss to the comments that Ben Wallace left, Freddie? Not for me, no. Uh, I've, I've, (laughs) 
I don't think uh, he's quite as great as a lot of uh, Tories do, but I am obviously in the minority when it comes to Tories because he's extremely popular. And Freddie, while we have the pleasure of your company, because you're usually found on the Americano podcast, I suppose for the Coffee House Shots listeners um, who are yet to click subscribe on your end, how is Joe Biden looking when it comes to his electoral prospects, uh, his chances of re-election? Well, uh, Joe Biden's potentially biggest problem is the Hunter Biden story, the story about his son, which uh, is often sort of dismissed as some kind of right-wing conspiracy theory. But the point is there is now a House Oversight Committee producing documents that suggest quite serious criminality. And there are allegations that Joe Biden is at least connected in some way to a rather corrupt business dealings with foreign entities that Hunter Biden was doing. Over the weekend, it was thought that there would be a, a story would break involving uh, an Israeli source who, was, who spoke to the New York Post. It seems there has been much follow-up to that story now. The Israeli source was alleging that Joe Biden was involved in these business dealings. It doesn't seem that that's confirmed or, or stood up, so nobody quite knows what's going on there. There's a lot of manoeuvring going on around it. Joe Biden likes to call it all malarkey and so on, but the Republicans are convinced they can really hurt him with it. And there's also a theory that some Democrats... Are going to who want to get Biden out the way anyway because they think he's too old to serve a second term. They are going to use that story at some point to say, right, well, let's, let's move him out. And I always think what's so odd about that is that this is sort of talked about as though this is a normal procedure, when of course it's a very, very strange situation. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.